0: Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we are doing a free giveaway for listeners between now and May 31st, cash prizes, free swag, yacht meetup tickets, San Diego Padre tickets, and more. All you got to do to qualify is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review, send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com, and we'll be selecting lucky winners May 31st. As always, I appreciate the support. Now let's jump into the show.
1: Man, I'm telling you right now, everyone's talking about recession, this, that, and the other thing. Bro, there's never been more opportunity. It's unbelievable. Yep. And it's coming fast as hell. So you better get busy as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. 2023, dude, 2024, 2025, yeah. those are the three years you better be paying attention. Yeah. Or you better be investing with someone like Rich Summers. Yeah. You better be doing something. Yeah. Because you sitting around with your hand on your dick ain't gonna yeah. get you nowhere.
0: Welcome to the Rich Summers Report, where we talk real estate, business, and wealth building all while keeping it real. No fluff, no BS. I hope that you enjoy the show.
1: day in the studio is like every other
0: day where I've got a real treat for you. Rich Summers in the house. What's up, Rich? My man Brad, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. Looking forward to this conversation today. Absolutely. If you guys don't know who he is, founder and CEO of Summers Capital. Basically used to be a government worker. Yeah, air traffic controller 11 years, man. Oh, is that what you were doing? I was the guy looking at radar scopes, controlling the the skies. What's that pay? Uh, for me, over time, you're cranking about two two twenty a year. That ain't bad. Yeah, but after taxes, you're making maybe ninety five hundred. Yeah, that ain't know. bad. But yeah. I mean, still two twenty ain't bad for sitting there. Is it high stress? You know, I didn't think it was high stress when I was doing it, but now I'm two years removed from it. And I'm like, you know what? That was stressful. Like the shift work, the constant pressure, like, you know, at any time a plane could crash on you and then you're getting pulled out, drug tested, you know, you're getting breath and all that sort of stuff. Well, they're going to pull you out, all that sort of stuff. So just the constant pressure, like, Hey, is your phraseology good? Are you on point? Like you can't just turn it off. You always have to be on. Did you you ever fly? You
1: probably never flew a plane into another plane.
0: No. Luckily I never did. Luckily I never had any crazy accidents. I had a, uh, skydiver, uh, like a jump plane, like some guy jumped out of a plane and, and he ended up dying. Why? Um, jumped out. It was two skydivers. They collided midair and the one guy got knocked out. He went through someone's roof. Um, and then I had one plane lose an engine on me, but the pilot survived. And luckily that's, that's all I had in 11 years. Where what, what, what airport? Uh, so I did six years up at LA center. So we did up high altitude. We sequenced for Vegas, LA, everything in between. And then I did five years down in San Diego as SoCal approach. So we would sequence for all the major airports in Southern California. And actually fun fact, that's the busiest air traffic facility in the world, actually, in terms of volume. And at some point in time, you, uh, you basically said, screw this and
1: started doing real estate.
0: Yeah. Investing. Yeah, man. I, did you uh, save up your money?
1: How'd you get into that?
0: Yeah. So I uh, read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I remember real estate. And uh, that was the first time I kind of learned about cash flow and producing passive income and buying real estate. And so I just got assessed, man. I started going to networking events before I owned any real estate. I started listening to podcasts. I started reading a bunch of books and uh, just started educating myself. And then I did at the time what most people say is too risky. I cashed out my 401k, my retirement plan, and that was my seed money to uh, buy my first deal. It was 11-unit apartment building in Cincinnati. Shortly after that, I partnered with a couple guys. We bought a 32-unit building in Indianapolis, fixed both those properties up, uh, sold the 11, or refinanced the 11 (laughs) units, sold the 32 unit, um, and then shortly after that, started a uh, apartment investing podcast, learned how to raise private money and uh, started taking down larger deals, took down 150 unit deal in uh, North Carolina. Shortly after that, took down another 145 unit deal, started buying some short term rentals along the way, uh, punched out of the uh, government job. And fast forward today, I own about $50 million of real estate, have a couple of businesses in the space and we're buying a bunch of boutique hotels right now, rocking and rolling. Is hotels very similar to apartments? But just uh, it's very similar in terms of like how you analyze them. Um, but obviously the the different component is you have yes checking in and checking out. And so one of my companies is a management company to where we manage Short term rentals all over the country, but we can use that management company to operate these boutique hotels remotely, free of on site management, which allows us to kind of operate them leaner. Um, we'll just do the self check in, self check out model. And then um, because of that, we don't need a manager's unit. So we'll bring that unit online for additional revenue. And that's kind of how we force our appreciation. And then we'll market heavily on you know, social media, Airbnb, Verbo, and, and that sort of thing. So you would never go back and get a job anymore now that you've tasted I wouldn't go back. You know what? Uh I I worked with a lot of great individuals at that career. A lot of them invest in my uh real estate deals now and I'm friends with a lot of them now. Um but no, there's no way in hell you could pay me enough money to go back. So, Summer's Capital <coughs> raises money from mm-hmm. the
1: public. Yeah. Or friends and family. Or both. Uh,
0: both. Yeah, both.
1: But friends and family. But you're not a public company. <clears throat> no, we're not. We're not public. No. So you raise money and then you take
0: that money and you go out and buy apartments mainly or all kinds of shit. Initially it was apartments, but right now um, it's only boutique hotels right now. We're still operating the apartments that we own and the short term rentals that we own. But just where we are in this interest rate environment, we're just buying boutique hotels right now. That's where we have the competitive advantage. Why do you, why do you, uh, what made you isolate to those? Dude, everyone's buying multifamily right now. I mean, everyone and their mom is looking for that same value-add apartment building, 100-plus units, and there's just so much money looking for that right now. Um, and so, sometimes you got to zig when others are zagging. And so, we are doing the short-term rental thing for a while, but with this interest rate environment, if you believe pricing, pricing is going to soften, which it is then you better pivot right and so um decided to pivot into boutique hotels That right now there's just a lot of mom and pop owners that have owned these boutique hotels for 30 40 years they're retiring uh, a lot of them have no marketing they're not marketing on Airbnb verbo zero social media presence and you can get seller finance right now and so we'll buy these tired boutique hotels in great locations we'll shut down these properties for 3 months do full renovations rebrand relaunch with my new company and then cash flow them mm. Yeah. It's a good idea because, yeah. you know, a lot of them are probably just not being frequented because they're shitty. Yeah, no, exactly. No well, market. You, I mean, if no one in knows in, about your hotel, no one's going to stay there. Do you go in there and, you know, make them high end at all? Or you just yeah. bring them up a little bit? Yeah. We're like luxury high end. So we'll do full renovations. We'll do, you know, quartz countertops, uh, you know, all the, all the stuff, nice flooring, paint, everything. What class asset you have for, for, uh, apartments? Uh, a lot of a lot of C and B class for apartments, but I would say the hotels is like nicer stuff and the short term rentals. Like we just, I have a uh, luxury short term rental project I just finished out in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's uh, on a one uh, point three acres, seventy six hundred square foot property. North Scottsdale. It's eight bedroom, eight bath. It's got a speakeasy. It's got a fitness room. We got a pickleball court, full court, basketball, volleyball. we have got the whole nine yards. We got uh MGK is actually staying there for a week. So it's uh that's kind of more of our niche right now. We're doing more of the high end stuff because in a time right now, uh, you know, when everything is saturated, um, you better make your property unique so you can stand out. Yeah, interesting,
1: because I just got back from Scottsdale. We did an Airbnb down there and the backyard was a basically children's playground. Really? Interesting. Did With, you bring your kids? Yeah, of course. Okay.
0: That's otherwise we wouldn't have got it. Okay. Next but, time hit me up, man. You can stop stay at my place. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Is it, The kids uh, will love it.
0: We got everything for the kids there. Oh,
1: well, this one had like, like the whole backyard was a kid paradise. Okay. You know? Putt, putt golf. Yeah. We got that. Uh, some sort of track. Yeah. Sport court. I love you that. Know, uh, uh, little go-karts that you drive around and turn, you know, spin around. Love that. They, they freaking loved it. And what did you guys drop for that thing? Um, it wasn't much, like okay. six grand. Okay. We there really yeah. for five days. So we, 1, bu- thousand we booked
0: out a Super Bowl week, 60 grand one week. Oh yeah. It's
1: crazy. Well, well this one wasn't, I mean, the, the house was pretty decent, but it wasn't a high end deal. My wife 100% got it because of the backyard. Okay. So when you said, you know, make them unique, you know, that, that worked for us yeah. because I looked at the house and I'm like, babe, yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Let's get us. Let's get the presidential at the at the princess or something 100 percent. and she said no no look at the backyard and i'm like babe the house doesn't look that nice she goes but look at the backyard and it's the, all the backyard yeah yeah and it had a lot of high ratings from from probably people just like that mm-hmm. and we did have fun there and the house was
0: pretty nice yeah um it wasn't like you know nice nice yeah sixty grand a week nice yeah yeah i mean you got to think like if if you believe there's going to be a slowdown and we're starting to see it um people in that lower price point are going to scale back on traveling. But if you're in that higher price point, those type of people are not as affected in times like this. Um, on the flip, they, they might be actually taking advantage in times like this. So they have more disposable income to spend. So we partner with like, you know, uh, private drivers we will offer like a private chef yoga, yoga instructor, all that stuff. So you're catering to the Richie's with that property. Yeah. Yeah. The boutique hotels were catering to all sorts of different people. Are, are, yeah. Where are those located? Uh, so we just pivoted. We just closed on the first one. Uh, recently 10 rooms beachfront up in Northern California, an area called shelter Cove. It's got 10 rooms, living rooms, fireplaces. We just renovated the entire property. We're about to relaunch it in two weeks. And uh, we're buying another one right now in downtown San Diego, where I live in a neighborhood called Lida Italy, which is like their hot trendy neighborhood. Um, we're like three blocks from the water and uh, really close to the airport and all the stuff downtown. How are you, how are you finding them? Uh we got a team so I got a uh, acquisition team and uh, we're sourcing these things um, through broker, broker relations we're going direct to owner and uh we're just getting creative man any 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 possible avenue that we have to make a connection with an owner we're we're going to do it hmm. direct mailers all that stuff What's the uh end game The target is uh the 10 year target is we want to own 1 billion dollars of real estate and it's not going to be all boutique hotels Right now, that's the opportunity. But two years from now, we might be buying apartments or self storage. We don't know, but the ability is the the goal.
1: So if I'm a listener and I'm going, man, I'll invest with this dude. Yeah. What wh-
0: what type of return are you paying? Yeah. So right now we're we're uh, we're giving our investors a fixed twenty percent return paid monthly. Twenty uh, percent no, a month. Twenty percent twenty percent a year paid monthly. So if you invest a hundred thousand dollars, which is our minimum, um, you get roughly about sixteen hundred and some change paid monthly. Fixed return, and okay. I know you ain't getting that in the stock market right now. Definitely not. No,
1: and I don't know anybody giving that right now. Mm-mm. Like twenty percent a year, dude. That's strong.
0: Yeah. What's What's the risk? Uh, we take all the risk. So with our last deal, we just brought the investors in in, in the form of debt, basically. So it's like a, a two year, basically investment. Expect to have your money tied up for two years. We'll pay you twenty percent along the way. And then once we refinance this property, then we'll pay you back. And at that time, if you want to roll that money into another deal with us, you can, or if you want to go buy a car, you can do that too. So I'm not a partner in the deal. I'm
1: just, I'm just loaning you the money. Exactly. For exactly. 20, for 20% a year. 20% a year.
0: But we take all the risk. Well, why do I have collateral? It's secured in second lien position. Yeah. Yeah. That's not yeah, a it's bad. backed by real estate. That's yeah. the best thing to be do. <clears> shit,
1: dude, I might look into that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Give Let's do a little, deal. Give you some coin. Yeah, and if well, you wanted 20%, to- 20 dude, that's a good, good return.
0: If you wanted to, um, you could even do a boutique hotel deal with us, and you could be the sole investor. We'll give you equity. We'll, we'll do everything. Well, well, if, I, if I'm the sole investor, then what would I need you for? Cause we'll find the deal. We'll get the lending. We'll source it. We'll manage it. We'll do all the rehab. You won't have to do anything. Know, and then we'll manage all the guests the, checking in and I'd checking to, out all that crap.
1: I'd have to know what type of deal that. Dude, happened. I'll teach you everything, man.
0: You don't know, have to worry like, about like
1: that. whenever it says like, I'm the only one with money in. Yeah. I usually be like, well, I better own like the majority. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'd have
1: to look at the terms yeah. because I do, I would prefer someone else do all the work. Yeah. But absolutely. But I would, uh, I always like to learn. Yeah. but I can't, you know, I can't be involved in so many things. Yeah. So now I'm starting to think the passive in, investor is yeah. kind of a better way to go. Yeah.
0: At least, at least for now, 100%. And, uh, you know, like you becoming an active right now with everything you got on going on is not the best use of your time, but, um, yeah, man, we're, we're doing some big stuff in the space, man. Um, there's a lot of people looking at multifamily and fix and flip right now. Like you had a guy on your show recently, I think Justin or something like that, uh, now I heard him talking about flipping a bunch of like $200,000 properties. I'm like, dude, like, no, we're not doing that stuff. We're, we're buying, we're buying rundown hotels in really good locations and then completely bringing these things back to life. And like, so, that's where the value's at right now. So why do you think nobody else is doing that? Everyone's afraid to buy hotels right now why? because of the uh, economy and they're not built like we are. They don't have the management company in-house and the network. We have our own hospitality brand. And so we already know what it takes to manage all these properties. And so for us to go in and be able to have this unique business plan, operate these hotels free of on-site management, no one else has that built out. Um, and so everyone's doing multifamily. I think there's a lot of, you know, education programs out there, masterminds on how to buy apartments. But no one has anything out there on how to buy boutique hotels. So if I'm listening to this and I want to invest money, I just go to summerscapital.com. Yeah. Summerscapital.com dot com slash invest. You, uh, you have to be accredited. You have to no. be accredited. You don't have to be accredited for our offerings right now. What? Yeah.
1: Dang. Dude. Yeah.
0: Don't have to be accredited. You can, um, you, you,
1: can you you can take a non accredited investor? We can. Yeah. We can. How, what kind of hoops did Jeff jump through to do that?
0: Yeah. So the accreditation only matters if you're, if you're selling uh, securities. So if you're giving equity um, and you want to solicit this deal, like, for example, come on your podcast and talk about it openly and market it, then you can only take accredited investors. Um, but we're not selling securities because it's debt. And so I can come on your show and talk about it. It's secured. it's secured by a second lien position, and it's guaranteed, personally guaranteed by us. And so because of that, accreditation doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Slicky slim. I want to help everybody. I don't like telling no to people, right? Like, we've done a couple of deals in the apartment space where friends and family want to invest, but they're not accredited, and you got to tell them no. I don't like telling people no. Do you? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lay
1: down when it comes to stuff like that. Okay. I, I do like to be inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, if I were going to solicit uh, investors, sure. I, I would, not, I would only want accredited investors because when you start messing with the unaccredited investors, that's where you get in the trouble mm-hmm. because again, technically they don't know. So yeah. you got to deal with all the nonsense and you know, I just would never do it because again, it's, it's, it's dangerous, dude. That's how people get, in class action lawsuits and someone hands you their last five grand and the next thing, you know, they need it back. And you know, what are you going to do? You're not going to give everyone their money back. Are you? Yeah,
0: No, I mean, so now
1: you got people whining and crying and bitching and moaning and next thing you know, even if you didn't do anything wrong, it's just a headache to me. But when you deal with accredited investors, they're signing off on, you know, and the fact that they do know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so they don't get as much, you know, uh, attention.
0: Yeah. I would say, I see what you're saying. But like, if you hire a good sec attorney, they'll, they'll keep you out of trouble um, when they prepare all these documents. But have you done you that? Know, what, what I like about bringing in non accredited is I can help everyone. I can, I can help that person. That's no, making, sounds good, bro. Like I can help t- that person that's making 70 grand a year that maybe can't go buy in their that, own hotel, but dude, they can come invest with me and make passive income. And that's cool. And
1: yeah. I, and I like that concept. I
0: just be afraid of the liability. Yeah. But that's you, what, that's I, what we got the legal team for, man. But you thought about it. You guys yeah. did it. When you say we, how many of you are there? So there's eight of us on the team. We got two full-time in the Philippines, and then we got six full-time in the office here in San Diego. But we're, we're growing. Do you guys uh, like personally go out and hunt these properties down? Yeah. We'll fly out. We'll, we'll walk these properties. We'll go and tour all the, the competition see what they look like, see how much they're charging, see how much, uh, what their occupancy looks like and that sort of thing. And then we'll come back and, you know, dial in the numbers and dial in our assumptions, our business plan and, and see what the projected, uh, you know, returns look like.
1: How long have you been doing this now,
0: man? Uh, I S I started just in 2019. So if you know, for your listeners out there, it's really just three, three and a half years ago, man, I was just went from the government stuff and just fucking became obsessed with real estate and just dove right in, man. So it could happen yeah, pretty quick. It can happen real quick. And you
1: say you got a $50 million portfolio. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to like, what about the market right now? Is everybody freaking out? Yeah. I mean, did we're it, seeing, did
0: it, did it just go to a $30
1: million portfolio.
0: (laughs) It's definitely softening right now, you know, with the the interest rate environment. Um, It's interesting to see what's going on right now, because I think this is the first time in history to where the Fed is actually manipulating this recession. They are actually doing it themselves. And so, you know, if you look at the fundamentals, though, they're good. There is a shortage of supply across America, whether it's apartment units to rent or single family homes to buy. And uh, right now, with what's going on in this environment, it's only going to worsen that issue because builders are not building. Expensive debt, and you know, if things are softening, why are you going to put a lot of money investment into a you know, three-year project right now? So, in my opinion, it's only going to worsen the supply and demand issue. Um, I believe this uh, high-interest rate environment is going to turn around quicker than most are anticipating. I think in three to six months, the Fed's going to reverse course, and they're going to knee-jerkly you know, slam the rates. Where I think at that time, you're going to see a lot of new money under the markets, whether it's the stock market or real estate. And I think it's going to be a free-for-all at that time. Hey guys, real quick. I hope that you're finding value in this show. If you could do me a huge favor and drop a five-star review on Apple podcasts or whichever platform you're listening on, it would mean the world to me. Also, if you know of anyone that would potentially benefit from this podcast, feel free to share it with them so we can help more people build wealth through real estate investing. Now back to the show. I really so, do. So dude, let's, let's pretend you're in the bomb squad. You're at
1: your, yeah, man. your uh, air traffic controller job. Yeah. You listen to this podcast. What
0: can that person do? You want you, you, Would you recommend people quit their job and jump into real estate? It depends. If you're coming from a place where you don't have a lot of money, I say invest in yourself, get educated, get around big players that are doing it. And learn how they're doing it. But if you're coming from a place to where you're already making good money and you're satisfied with whatever your prospective career is, and you just don't have the time, that doesn't mean you can't invest in real estate. Um, Just go invest with someone like me or any good operator around the country. Uh, Make sure you do your due diligence. Make sure you uh, vet them correctly. um, And you can invest passively in their deals and earn passive income. How, How would someone lose in a deal like yours? There's no way to lose because I will... I will lose our own money before we lose our investors' money, because I know if I lose investors' money, that's probably the last deal we're going to do. You know what I'm saying, but how can you lose? You can't These are personally guaranteed loans that um, you know we're basically guaranteeing these returns um, have, you ever, have you ever like missed it? Uh, you know, some of these projections are, we don't hit them or some are above, but uh, yeah, like let's say we got into a boutique hotel deal. Right. And let's say when we go to refinance this property at the end of our business plan and we're in some, some freaking crazy economy, black swan event to where it's not an opportune to refi or sell, you know, what we can do is go to our investors and say, Hey, this is not an opportune time in the cycle for us to sell or refi. Um, we're going to solicit for any of you to convert from debt to equity. We'll give them equity. We'll still continue to cash flow the property, give them returns, and then when the market recovers, they will always recover um, if you just give it enough time. And then at that time, we'll sell a refi and give them the returns. So that's kind of you know the backup plan. But you always have to have multiple exit strategies with any business. Or you could theoretically, you know, just buy them out and hold it all yourself. Yeah. You, well, that's kind of what we're doing. So, or, with you, this, or you could
1: raise more money and pay yeah. them off with the last money, which exactly. sounds Ponzi-ish, but yeah,
0: is that it, legal? That is legal because we could bring in a whole new set of investors that want to stay in this for equity with a different well, return it. profile and then use that set of money to pay back the first set. But with this model that we're doing, we own 100% day one without using any of our money. So um, with this last hotel we just bought, for example, um, beachfront, 10 rooms, the owner had owned the property for 20 years. The guy never cracked $200,000 in annual revenue, um, no marketing. Not on Airbnb, not on Vrbo, just relying on an old, crusty website. And um, so he financed this property for us. He financed 70%. And then the remaining 30% down payment, the renovation cost, the holding cost, reserves, we went and raised that from investors, but in the form of debt. So we're giving the investors a 20% return. Um, we'll tr- triple the value of this property in 18 months. Then we'll go refi at the higher valuation. The new loan proceeds will pay off the seller, will pay off the investors, and we own hundred percent day one using zero of our money. So that's kind of the model in a nutshell. Yeah. Who, who, uh, kind of thought that up, dude, I just came up with it, man. I was like, you know what? We have such a steep value. add play with this deal. I'm like, well, what if we try this and see if the investors like it? And initially I was like, yeah, maybe they're not going to like it. Cause they're not going to have equity, but they actually liked it. Cause most syndications, if you look at a standard department syndication, your money's tied up for five to seven years, you're going to get 6% cash flow um and then you might double your money in 5 to 7 years but with this model it's like hey you're getting 20% a year cash flow like they loved it
1: well yeah we sold it up deal. in less than 24 hours i mean to me dude if if it's guaranteed i mean i'm i'm looking for the holes but like it's something yeah 20% is a good return yeah no absolutely it's crazy if a bank said hey get, uh, put your money in my bank i'll 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 give you 20% return i'd put all my money in that bank
0: yeah yeah no exactly so especially if you're you know, someone who's making money in your prospective field and you just want to park money somewhere and get a return. You're not getting that at Washington Mutual, that's for sure.
1: Hey, folks, by the way, if you're listening and you're like, damn, dude, this guy can't be for real, go check him out at rich underscore summers, S O M E R S on Instagram. That's where you find him. Or summers capital, S O M E R S capital. That's where you can go get a hold of him or check him out. Cause like if I were listening to this, I'd be thinking, dude, 20%, no way. Yeah do you get a lot of skeptics?
0: Um, no, because a lot of the people that invest with us already know, like, and trust us, you know, and so they already know who I am. Um, and so they're telling their friends and families. So typically like, it's all word of mouth, a little bit of social media, um, and that sort of thing. But by the time someone actually is introduced to me, it was either by someone who's already invested with me or they've been hearing me on social media or podcasting. Now you're, you're always down in San Diego doing that. Dude, I'm always down in San Diego, but I'm all over, man. But I, I live in downtown San Diego. Yeah, I love it there. He's also got a podcast, folks. You guys should go listen to it. The Rich Summers Report. What are you talking about that? Man, excited for this podcast. Um, it's been three months in the making. We uh, are dropping five episodes tomorrow, December 13th. By the time this airs, it will already be live. Um, but uh, it's interviewing and then also some solo stuff. So uh, two of the first five episodes are Tarek El Moussa from HGTV Flipper Flop. He invited me up to his place up in Newport Beach, so we recorded a episode there, um, and then did another episode with Cliff Averill, ten year NFL vet, NFL Pro Bowler, and Super Bowl champ. He uh, he's getting into real estate investing now, so just had a good conversation with both of those guys, and then I do a bunch of how to stuff, talking mindset, business, um, real estate tips and trick of the, uh, tricks of the trade. All main, mainly real estate though. Uh, real estate business, man. I'll talk everything, man. I'll talk dating. I'll talk mindset, raising money, like whatever. Like I'll talk about it.
1: Now your social media, you'd be dropping some bombs on there. Yeah man. What do you what do you uh what are you just trying to build that brand up? I'm
0: trying to build the brand but I'm trying to like pay it back, right? Because I think when I was growing up like I didn't have access to social media, you yeah. know? Like there was no YouTube, there was no Instagram, but now there is. And like for any aspiring, you know, entrepreneur or investor out there that's trying to learn, dude, you can get so much good free stuff online, man. Like, you know, like you want to, your page for example, a lot of free content out there. Um and so I'm just trying to pay it back, man. That's really what it is. But my Instagram's a lot of how-to real estate stuff. So how did you learn? You just jumped in, or you just said you read a lot of books? Yeah, I just read a lot of books, man. Uh, Listening to podcasts, went to networking events, um, and then cashed out the four hundred and one k, bought the first couple of deals, and then from there, brought on a couple mentors who uh, you know have almost a billion dollar portfolio out in the Carolinas. And they were the ones that kind of took us out of under their wings and like, you know, taught me how to raise money, how to source deals, how to underwrite and that sort of thing. So I owe a lot of my credit to those guys. And now I'm just trying to pay it forward, man. Right on. Well, it sounds like you're out there freaking killing the game, yeah, man. Dude. So so before the air traffic controller, what were you doing? So before that, man, um, I grew, I grew up middle class. My mom is an immigrant from Taiwan, um, and my dad grew up in Holland. Both of my parents know the value of like working hard and saving your money, so they always t- taught me to like go to school, get good grades, go to college, and get a job. For the most part, that's what I did. I worked uh, retail um, when I was going to high school, and then I worked uh, sales jobs when I got to college, and that was my first taste of what it's like to control your paycheck to a certain extent. And I was selling cell phones. I did good at it. Um, I was, I played sports growing up, so I was always competitive. And then some of my coworkers from the, uh, the, the cell phone sales went on to sell cars and like, Hey dude, um, you should come over here and sling some cars with us. You'll make a lot more money. So I started selling cars. And I got out of college in 08. I wanted to sell commercial real estate because I knew that was like the big commissions. So I went and interviewed with a couple commercial brokerages, CB Richard Ellis and Grubbin Ellis. And it was 2008. So everything was coming down. They're like, hey man, we love your hustle. We think you'd be great at it, but we're pulling these positions and this is not a good time to get in the industry. So I found myself in a car lot wondering, like, what am I going to do with my life? And I backed into a position with the government as an air traffic controller. And uh, they hired me and You know, I went out there, did 11 years. And along the way, I remember real estate and I was like, dude, I got to figure this out because at the time I was just like clocking in, clocking out and I was spending all my time outside of work, like going out to the bars, partying, I was chasing females around and I was like, dude, I I need more out of life. I got to figure this out. And so literally for nine months, I didn't do anything. I just studied real estate. Like I didn't go out. I just, every, every hour outside of the workplace, I just studied, I read, listened to podcasts, got around people that were doing it. And then I said, you know what? I got to, I got to take action and cash out the 401k. Who's your real estate hero? Hmm, man. I would, I would have to say, um, Grant Cardone, man. I would, Grant Cardone's definitely one of them. I think he's doing big things, but I I would, I owe all my credit to John and Tony Azar, who are my mentors today. They're the ones that own all the apartment units out in the uh, Carolinas. What about Kiyosaki? Robert Kiyosaki man, you know what? He's got some good books. Rich Dad Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant. Um I'd love to meet that guy sometime. What 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 real estate book if someone were going to try to learn real estate? Ooh, I would say uh Multifamily Millions by Dave Lindall is a great book. It kind of teaches you the fundamentals of like commercial real estate, value add stuff, how to go take down your first deal, how to, you know, uh put together a business plan and analyze deals. I would say that book is a good one. And then uh, Raising Private Capital by Hunter Thompson is another good book if you want to get into raising money. But I would tell your audience, go do a couple deals with your own money and get your feet out with your own money before you start raising money from others. Well, how do you find the deal? Yeah. So um, a lot of this commercial real estate deals are held by the brokers. So it's all broker relations, it's all who you know. And so if they're the gatekeepers of these deals, you got to figure out a way to become friends with all these brokers. and Commercial so, brokers. Commercial brokers. Yeah. So I would say more than 90% of these commercial deals that are traded are traded through a broker. And so these brokers already have the relationships with the owners, right? And so when an owner hits them up and says, Hey, Brad, um, I'm interested in selling this property. What do you think we can get for it? He's going to take it to a few buyers. Well, if you're in with the broker, um, who, guess who he's going to bring the deal to first? He's going to bring it to you and you're going to have first crack at a deal um, that could be a good deal, you know, by the time a deal hits loop net, which is like kind of the Redfin or Z- uh, Zillow of like apartments and commercial real estate. A lot of those deals have been picked through by a lot of investors they have been passed on by a lot of investors. So that by the time it hits loop net, um, it might not be a good deal. Do you teach anybody how to find these deals or are you just doing them all? I don't teach. I, tra- I train my team um, right now. We're, we're buying real estate, you know, where we, I want to be an active investor. We're buying, uh, I think down the road, we're probably going to start a hotel mastermind because um, I was at a conference recently, bigger pockets conference out in San Diego a couple months ago. Everyone and their mom is doing short-term rentals right now. And everyone I talk to is like, man, I'm buying short-term rentals, but I can't wait to buy a boutique hotel, blah, blah, blah. You know, here's the thing with the boutique hotels is like, you don't have to deal with the regulatory environment changing like you do with Airbnb, Right. Um, like here in Vegas, they got some strict regulations, like every market around the country, they're tightening on the regulatory environment. So you always have to be concerned about that with hotels. It's not a concern, but also like with the short term rentals, like you got neighbors that can be a nuisance, man. Like I get it. Right. If you're hosting guests that are always checking in, checking out every three days, parties going on, people are celebrating. I wouldn't want to live next to that either. But with these hotels, you can tell the neighbors to fuck off if you want to. And so it's a nice play. But that said, everyone at this conference is like, dude, I can't wait to get into hotels. Right now there's no masterminds or education platforms on boutique hotels. So I think we're gonna take down a few more deals and probably launch our own here. Why what about not?
1: what about um <laughs> like once the thing's been renovated? Yeah. And you you wanna start marketing it, what kind of promotions like do work with the hotels. Yeah. Cuz I would
0: imagine you'd have to throw some sort of you know, unique theme or some shit. Yeah. So with this 10 room that we uh we just got done with a full renovation, um we're uh we're going to be relaunching that thing in about a week and a half and uh we're going to do heavy social media marketing. Um we're going to be heavy on Airbnb, Verbo. Uh, hotels.com booking.com our direct booking website. And then we'll probably do a bunch of, um, heavy like promos on social media to, uh, kind of encourage our personal network of, you know, friends, family investors, but also a lot of our guests that have stayed at other properties around the country with us to go, you know, stay at the hotel and start driving those five-star reviews. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so most people will be like, Oh,
1: going to try to sell me a course. No, No, you don't sell no courses. I don't have anything
0: to sell, man. You're out there doing it. Anyone listening, all you can do is invest if you want. Yeah. And that's one thing I'll caution. Like when I, for someone new out there in your audience, looking to get into real estate investing, you want to learn from someone. And so when I was trying to figure out who I want to learn from, there's a lot of people out there that have done one or two deals and now they got this coaching business. So I would say if someone is more concerned about building their coaching business than they are buying real estate, I would make sure you tread with caution.
1: Yeah. Because you
0: know, was supposedly the money's in the
1: real estate. The money's in the real estate. You know, if you buy a building and you do a, uh, what do they call it when they speed up the depreciation bonus depreciation, or you write it off the the whole 27 years and first Mm -hmm. year, what's that? You do a study
0: amortizing. Um, there's some study, cost sex study.
1: Yeah. That thing. So, so if you bought it, you could do that. Correct. Yeah. And then if you sold it to me two years later, could I do
0: the same thing? You could do another one. And basically the cost seg study will be ballpark about 30% of whatever your all in cost is. So if you buy a $10 million building, um, and you put $2 million into a renovation, you're all in for 12, you get roughly 30% of that. So about 4 million will be in the form of bonus depreciation that you can actually write off. Um, which is pretty powerful. So it basically means the first $4 million of cash flow, you're not paying taxes on. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to start. That's why I'm going to start looking into these things. Let's do a deal, man. Now,
1: what if I'm an investor in yours,
0: that's just a loan. There's no depreciation on those. No, there's not going to be any tax benefits on, on those. Um, however, there will be more deals in the future to where we will give equity and there will be tax benefits. So let's talk, man, we we can, uh, we can work something out. So the right, the right person calls you, you will, you will give some equity in the deal. If someone's got some deep pockets and they want to come into a deal and let's say they're going to be the sole investor. We uh, we'll give equity, and and if I were to look at your history, mm-hmm. what would it show me? It's going to show all grain, man. Winter, winter chicken dinner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm be able to connect you with some of our other investors that invest in a lot of our deals. Nice. Yeah. Now,
1: oh, now, you the property you just got by the beach isn't that in and of itself like sole reason that it'll rent out like. Location, location, location. California beachfront, man. It's not going anywhere. How, how do you fail on that? It's hard to. So why would a why would the hotel sell on terms? Doesn't
0: the ho- person that owns it know that all he has to do is renovate it and stick it in these things? He, you know what? Um, he operated this hotel for twenty years, and uh, you know, based on how he operated that hotel, it's like he. We knew right away he had people stealing from him. Um, I'll give you an example. So he had a a manager on site. It was a couple, they were not only occupying one of the the 10 rooms, they were occupying two of the 10 rooms. So that means now you're only, uh, operating a business with only two of the 10 rooms available. And what they were doing was they didn't want to do same day turns. And so whenever they had a guest, uh, book the property, they would block off that room the day before check-in and the day after checkout, because they didn't want to do same day turns. And then they were going and taking side jobs around town and not even working on this hotel. And so we identified that right away before we even bought the property. We went to the hotel next door, and it was also 10 rooms, met the uh, innkeeper, became friends with her, might have gave her some alcohol. Next thing you know, she's showing us all her books. They're doing 5X the revenue of the hotel we're buying, and they're not even on Airbnb or Verbo. And so that was kind of what gave us the confidence to move forward. But yeah, this guy was not the greatest, not the greatest businessman, but very nice guy, to say the least. So... What if he's listening to this podcast? I love him. Great dude. And I'll tell you that he's going to become my biggest investor because i tell you what, Brad, like when we go to refinance his property and we go to pay him back, he's going to give that money right back to me to go invest in more hotels because what I was able to do in 12 months, he wasn't able to do in 20 years. Think about yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah,
1: we bought it. We bought a couple RV dealerships from somebody that had them for like 45 years. Okay. And as soon as we took them, boom. Wow. Now COVID helped. Yeah. You know, but still, they're like, where were the dealerships? Oregon. Okay. They're like, how the hell are you doing that? Mm. I'm like, well, number one, you had all your inventory on the, yeah on this side of the lot where the the highway's over here. Yeah. You had no lighting. You had no signage. Like there was just some basic shit that they weren't doing. Yeah. They wouldn't negotiate. It was the craziest thing. And then when I looked at the financials, the thing that, the thing that sealed it for me was I looked underneath uh, advertising, marketing. Mm. No. Expenses they weren't advertising, they weren't marketing. Yeah, their inventory was wrong on the lot. It was like the basic 101s of business, but they were in business for 45 years that's crazy and profitably crazy. So, I'm thinking, dude, if they just advertise that, that would go up. And sure enough, we, yeah. you know, 5x the business within the first year, yeah, close to 10x it second year. But I think that again, COVID had a lot to do with yeah. that, and now. Industry starting to come back down,
0: but you yeah. know, we're golden because it's been there for 45 years. Yeah. And, and and what you just said right there is the same reason we're going all in on boutique hotels right now is because there's a gap between that mom and pop mentality to where they're not doing basic shit to optimize revenue. And then you know we're able to come in as sophisticated investors and then take the crap that they had and then Turn it nice again. Learning to become a successful real estate investor can take a lot of time and dedication, which some people just don't have. If you're one of these individuals, this doesn't mean you can't invest in real estate. My company, Summers Capital, is buying a bunch of boutique hotels right now, and you can invest with us in these deals without having to do any of the work. Our team sources the deals, we secure the lending, we take care of all the renovations, and we even handle all the day to day operations with our in house management company, making it truly hands off and passive for our investors. If you want to learn more to see if we can help, you go to summerscapital.com slash invest to book a call with our team. Again, that's summerscapital.com slash invest. Now back to the show. That's Are, it.
1: Aren't you worried that you're going to alert all these real estate investors in the world to go you know and what, start man? looking
0: at boutiques? You're no. going to kick off a trend. No, bring, br- bring them all on, man. I, I share all my, my tips and secrets. Um, <clears> there's an, there's so much money out there in the world, man. You just got to go out there and get it. I, I believe that everyone can win. I've been mean, forgetting the bombs, but that is a bomb right
1: there. <laughs> that is a fact, one hundred percent, dude. There's a lot of people out there with limited mindset, one hundred
0: percent. So they don't they don't know how to make that dough. Yeah, a lot of people out there with scarcity mindsets. A lot of them. You ever run into those guys? Oh yeah. Um, I I recently actually broke up with uh, one of my best friends, man. Like about two years ago, we had known each other for like 15, 16 years, but um, just. As the years, you know, progressed, we just grew apart and it became more and more challenging to hang out with this individual. Scarcity mindset didn't tip people well when we went out, uh, wouldn't take care of people. He had a new girl that he was dating, she was like super negative and judgmental. I was like, dude, like we would go out and I'd be like, Man, this is not fun. You know, I walk away from the outing being like, oh, I don't feel that good about myself after hanging out. So I just decided, you know what, man, like I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot out of that relationship. And I did. And that was actually one of my biggest takeaways over the last couple of years that helped me get to where I am today is like, just because you were good friends with someone at one point does not mean that you need to be good friends with them in your adult life. If someone is no longer aligned uh, with where you're going tomorrow, it's okay to pivot them out. And I encourage all your listeners out there that if there is someone in your life right now that is no longer aligned with where you're going tomorrow, I encourage you to take action because, you know, at the end of the day, we're only here on this planet for so long. Like I could die tomorrow. You could die tomorrow. And so why do you want to spend the last, you know, time is our most uh, valuable asset. Why do you want to spend that limited time with someone that's no longer aligned? Better pay attention folks. That's the, that's the for real right
1: there. You know, Dude, how old are you? I'm 37. So, so back when you were like 18, you come from a rich family or no? grew up middle class man middle both class. of my parents know the value of
0: working hard and saving your money but you went to school and went to college and all that so you were like you know it. shitty gpa raised, raised, but I did well it. yeah i was like a two point two point two 2.2 student you got any brothers or sisters one sister are they doing anything in real estate Uh, sh- my sister my sister married someone that's doing stuff in real estate yeah so so they loaded uh they're doing pretty good they're doing pretty good they own a bunch of like small uh apartment like fourplexes up in uh, like orange county area do you, do you Do you think like smaller deals is, is
1: too much headache or do you think people should do those?
0: I like all the deals, man. There's no, there's so many different ways to make money in real estate. So like, you know, here are people like Grant Cardone saying like, Oh, like I only buy 400 unit properties. I I don't think that's necessarily true. I, I think you can make a lot of money with the smaller deals too, because here's the caveat All the institutional players are looking for the bigger deals with a lot of zeros and commas. And so now you have a lot more sophisticated competition when you're buying those deals and playing in those pools. But if you go and take down these smaller deals, you're competing with more mom and pop buyers. And so your level of competition is a lot lower. And so there's opportunity there with the smaller deals too. Interesting. Yeah. So dude, if you could tell the bomb squad to do anything to help you out, what would it be? Man, go uh, check out my Instagram. Um, I'm super active on Instagram. A lot of how-to stuff, at rich underscore summers. And check out my new podcast, Drop In Tomorrow, The Rich Summers Report. And then if you were interested in checking us out and investing passively in our boutique hotels, summerscapital.com slash invest. There you have it, folks. Folks, and, and do you come to Vegas much? Uh, a little bit. I'll be back out here January 9th. I'm going to go uh, meet Ryan Pineda. He's going to be recording some content and I believe he's got a live event uh, on the 10th and 11th. So I'll be back in town. Well, Pineda? Yeah. yeah, He's a freaking, yeah. he's a character, isn't he? Yeah. Hey man, what, what are the chances that we can get you out to San Diego and get you on my podcast? We can chat some boutique hotels and maybe put together a deal with you.
1: I'm, I might be down there. Uh, I got to go see a dude named Wes Watson. You know, Wes yeah. Watson?
0: I know Wes. He was living right next to me. My videographer um, not him, but another one is actually, uh, his videographer as well. Oh yeah. I want to get him on the show. Yeah. I can, I can probably help you yeah. with that. I love that, man. I'm going to,
1: well, I don't, I don't think he does much real estate. Dude, he's got a lot of nice cars. Well, he's got some money, so he's going to have to start <laughs> sticking it somewhere.
0: Yeah. He's, he's got already- a lot of nice cars. That's funny. Cause like one of my investors is the manager of the Ferrari dealership in San Diego. And, uh, I know Wes is always, he had like a brand new Ferrari. all his like Rolls Royce, all this stuff. And, uh, I saw him, he bought a new Ferrari. I'm like, Hey man, my, I'm talking to my investor. I'm like. You know, West. He's like, yeah, I just bought him a new Ferrari. I'm like, where does this guy make his money? He's like, I don't know. He came in and paid cash. I'm like, damn. Online coaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's cranking it up. Crank it. Up. But he's got the right mindset,
1: bro. He you does. Talk about mindset. He's got it. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm putting i I'm putting a an event together. Okay. With a couple of people, Andy Elliott, Brian Benstock. Okay. West. I'm gonna get Wes Watson. Probably David Goggins. Okay. And and Jocko Willink, maybe. I love that. What are you guys gonna talk about? Just basically how to dominate in 2023. I love that. It's it's for a small group of high-level executives. We're going to do it at the top of the Empire State Building, or no, World Trade Center. I love that. Or the the One Tower now, whatever it's called. Yeah. Like a mastermind group? Well, no, just a one-day event. Okay. But kind of. One day only. Yeah. Dude, I'd love to attend. High-level. Yeah. High-level only. Okay. You know, when people say high-level, that always makes me think expensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it will be a little bit. It's not going to be for the faint yeah. of heart. Yeah. Yeah. You want to bring the serious players out. I just want the serious players there, but, yeah. but we're going to teach them how to dominate and mainly um, own 2023. Yeah. Cause man, I'm telling you right now, but everyone's talking about recession, this, that, and the other thing, bro. There's never been more opportunity. It's yep. unbelievable. Yeah. And it's coming fast as hell. And I think everyone better jump quick mm-hmm. before AI kicks in. Yeah. When you start to see these things, what AI is doing, you're like, damn dude, AI could take out all kinds of industries.
0: Yeah, and then
1: you know what's going to happen? What? The poor are going to go real poor and the rich are going to get real rich and the middle yeah. class will be gone. Yep. Yeah. So you're either going to be poor or you're going to be rich. Yeah. So you better get busy as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. In 2023, dude. 2024, 2025. Yeah. Those are the three years you better be paying attention. Yeah. Or you better be investing with someone like Rich Summers. Yeah. You better be doing something. Yeah. Because you sitting around with your hand on your
0: dick ain't going to yeah. get you nowhere. Where where do you think, um, like as we transition through 23 and then into 24, where, where do you see social media and like the content space going? I, I I mean, to me, I I believe it's going to keep going. The question is
1: just what features and and what styles will come into play more. Mm. But, you know, I think I don't see social media going away. Yeah. This is the new TV. Yeah. I just see, I just, how is, how are they going to adapt? Like TikTok came out of nowhere but then TikTok could be banned too mm-hmm. you know so yeah. so now what yeah well there's someone else going to have you know something pop up yeah but it may not be the the power players that are there
0: now yeah. but it, it, i don't believe social media is going anywhere I agree. I heard Alex Hermosi say something uh, recently. He said, you know, 60 years ago, if everyone was watching TV. And back then there was only four or five channels. He had like CBS, ABC, NBC, and a couple others. And everyone's watching those five channels. And then he said, you know, right now that's social media. There's only like four or five platforms, right? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everyone's on those five channels, but he's like, Dude, in like for 10 years, there's going to be hundreds of social media companies out there. Everyone's going to be competing for attention. And so he feels like right now is the opportunity for any entrepreneur out there. If you're not putting out content, I think that's a big mistake.
1: Big, big, big mistake. And you got to build a brand. And I'm telling you, yeah. you know, it, if you have a team do it, it's not cheap. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah. And and then technically you could do it by yourself if you had to. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit more difficult. takes a lot of time, but it's worth every dime. I can't tell you how much money. I make from just social media and not even directly. Like people, I said that once someone goes, yeah, but you never sell anything. I'm like, see, that's what people don't get. You don't have to, you don't have to sell something to make money from social media. Just, just your, your brand or your Mm -hmm. familiarity or your, you know, fame as Mm -hmm. it were, will bring you deal flow. Yeah. All kinds of it.
0: Yeah. I, I get people,
1: I get people that want to give me equity in their companies just so I coach them. And I'm like, what kind of company you got? How much money are you doing? And they're, and they're like, they're winning. Yeah. Like, dude, their, their company's actually valuable. Yeah. Like, you, you just want to give it to me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, well, we want you involved. We want you to talk about it on your social media. See? So they want access to my followers. They want to be, you know, involved simply because following network. Yeah. So I'm telling you, man, it always boils down to relationships. Yeah. 100% man. It's all who, you know, dude i appreciate you coming up of course uh next time you come up with Panada, swing by maybe yeah we'll, maybe we'll do a round too. i love to man and uh we got to get you out to san diego sometime man maybe we do a there.
0: podcast with me you
1: and west dude i'll give you my cell okay and when i come down i'll text you and if i got All time right. I'll, I'll swing by yeah i like that man episodes
0: uh pff, hour and a half well <laughs> Damn. We, we could yeah we could do whatever man we do some shorter ones too so dude, i'm trying to get time. shorter you're trying to get longer yeah hour and a half we could do we get deep man Deep conversation. Well, I don't know a lot about
1: real estate, but I'm learning quick. Yeah. So maybe by the time I get down there, I'll have something to
0: say. Yeah, that sounds good, man. Maybe we can uh, orchestrate a deal together. Well, we can do that before I come down. Okay. Now we're talking. Appreciate you coming in. Guys, mm-hmm. pay attention. Go to summerscapital.com.
1: If you're looking to invest at rich underscore summers, that's S O M E R S. And as always go listen to his podcast, the rich summers report should be out by the time you're hearing this. And as always till next time, keep it real.